From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Welcome back. Here we are, the Tennis Revolution Podcast, back at it again. And guess what? The van is not here. Well, yeah, that that too. I didn't want to break that to the <laughs> I didn't want to break that to the vans too too early in the ship. Click, 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 click. That's the sound of everybody clicking off. Uh no. What I was gonna say was this is one week from our last show. Ah. Oh. I think I've decided we have enough fans. Maybe try to go weekly. How about that? The anticipation is built. I'm going to double your pay. <laughs> Very generous of you. Yeah, yeah. You're, you did you major in math? What is zero times two? <laughs> I think that's still zero. All right, then it's official. Congratulations! You've, you've just doubled your salary. First time in my career that's then, happened. There we go. Yeah, so uh, we're over a thousand. Last time I checked, it was one zero zero four, one thousand and four. Appreciate those four putting us over the top. Whoever was that, your mom or somebody? My immediate family. Nice. Whoever, hey, whoever it takes. The sponsors don't know the difference. Now, does it count if my mom clicks on it four times? Yeah, that that it can tell. So it only gives you credit for one download per whatever. So I can tell her to go to sleep now. Yeah, tell just download it, delete it, go to bed. You know, you know, we have nothing to say. So. Yeah, we're here. We're here uh, a week from the last episode. I don't even. I'm so tired. I don't even remember what we talked about on the last episode. It was anti-establishment. That's what we're all about at Tennis Revolution. Oh yeah. And before that, it was uh, Indian Wells a little bit, and now we're in the thick of that turn. The next tournament, Miami. Now what? No, I confess to you. I know what we talked about on the last episode, but uh, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted you to say it <laughs> no. so I could bring it up and say, by the way, what was your prediction? I can't remember. Yeah, I was hoping everybody had forgotten that. Um, now, I did predict Kyrios. You had a great prediction, but I had an addendum. I said, unless he acts like a jackass, he did not lose a match in the tournament. Now, what? Why did he pull out? Is it mysterious? Well, food poisoning was what the yeah, public reason was. Exactly. Which seems exactly. suspicious. Like when, when Mar- Mariah Carey has to cancel a concert because of exhaustion. <laughs> it's the weed and the crack, right. people. So what was Kyrgios doing to get food poisoning, quote unquote food poisoning? So I told you he was going to win unless jackassery yeah, uh, happened. You were and exactly right. I think jackassery happened. Right. Oh, golly. And he was still in the doubles, too. He was in the singles and the doubles and withdrew from both. Well, somebody needs to just watch his diet. I mean, he's got to take care of himself because uh, I was spot on. I, I had it, man. I had it. And I have a hard time relating to food poisoning because I have the worst diet of anybody I know, and I've never had food poisoning. So I would think a pro athlete would be a little more strict than me, but apparently not. So Kyrgios pulled out before playing Federer. Federer and ultimately ended up winning, right. so that was a great little break mid tournament for him. You know, oh, yeah, and that was going to be the feature match of the tournament because he really didn't play. I mean, he played in it all, but outside of that, he didn't play. Um, you know, any big names till the finals, right? So 
and, and you know, young versus old, the new guard kind of, you know, seeing what uh, the new guard could do against the old guard, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and the way he was playing, he could have beaten Federer for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he, yeah. Again, Jack Asprey is always the, <laughs> the the defining factor for that kid. Well, and that's what I wonder about him with a three out of five set. I feel like something's going to happen when you got to win 21 sets in two weeks. Right. He's just going to blow a set or something, and it's going to cost him. Yeah. Well, one thing that I've always liked to do as a college coach is take credit for idiot freshmen that come in that are maniacs, <laughs> and then by the time they're a senior, they've calmed down and they're playing better, and I take credit for it as if I had anything to do with their maturing, you know, their their <laughs> level of maturity right. as they grow and, and kind of start to figure things out. So, uh, But maybe he'll do that as he gets a little bit older. I mean, there's way more pressure at his level than at, you know, the college level, but you know that that much talent. Golly, you hope. Well, and it seems to be a trend on the tour where these younger players can break out and win a small tournament or make it deep in a small tournament. The majors, it's taken a lot longer to break out. So he, I don't think he's made the semis of a major yet, even though he's almost top ten now. So I think it's that three out of five is a whole different ball game. Well, yeah, and I also think uh, that oddly enough. The more physical the game's getting, it it seems like the the that the guys on the men's side anyway are peaking older. And the women too, I guess, a little bit. That the whole age has shifted north to older. Yeah, and we talked about that a little bit a couple shows ago. But I don't know what the reasoning for that is. I don't know if it's just experience. You know how to handle a three out of five set. I wouldn't know how to go play a three out of five set match and know what to do. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think the uh, age has quite shifted to forty four, so I've got no <laughs> chance. But uh, if they but, played five out of nine sets, you would be, you know, the best in the world. But maybe one out of one point. <laughs> well, one other thing. Uh, one. Well, you, you were terrible on the single side. Awful. Right on the single side. I, I felt like, felt like I should get some credit because, like I said, in, in, unless he did something dumb, and I think pulling out because of a food poisoning. Is something dumb, right? And he was on he, well on his way. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and but I picked Federer was my second, right? One because I, you know, you have to have a backup when right. you're talking about Kyrgios and his antics. But the other thing you mentioned, and we reviewed it, and that's the doubles, the doubles that all these guys. You know, we were talking about how typically that tournament gets a lot of guys to play doubles. Yeah, it was great. Nadal, Djokovic, Murray uh, were all in there. Federer didn't play, but pretty much everybody else played, and and uh, it's funny to see them lose early. Some of them lost early, like the Murray lost early in singles and doubles, which is so strange. Right. But um, yeah, it was cool to see the top, in quotes, uh, according to you, doubles teams play the best singles guys, and then you had two kind of random players that that won the tournament. Well, I, you know, the one seed got taken out by two fantastic players, but how often do they play doubles together? Right. I mean, maybe during Davis Cup. Yeah, when they're you know maybe not even in the early rounds because they don't always play right uh, in the early rounds. Um, you know, Djokovic and Choiki um, beat a bear and Mayhut. Right, the Frenchies, which um, have been number one for a while. Yeah, uh, and so they make it through uh, that match, and then they they play a real uh, you know again doubles with third set break. Are you kidding me? But whatever. Uh, they they ended up playing another doubles team and you know, quote unquote doubles team right. that plays together all the time. Uh and made it close. Yeah. Uh, so I think that proves my point that doubles is uh 
double, double the, the current teams and all the records, I think, are overrated. Well, and the thing about that, we've talked about this too, but the thing about the no ad and third set tie break, it just makes the results so unpredictable in the doubles. Yeah. Which in some ways makes it more interesting, I guess, but you don't get much continuity in the ends of tournaments. Well, but it doesn't make it interesting if nobody you know is playing. So right. Who cares? Oh, yeah. This was much more interesting that all the top players were playing. Well, I'll tell you another thing. You know, I just said that the records and who the greatest ever and all this thing, all the different stats for doubles are overrated. To be fair, I will still say that the Bryan brothers are underrated. Right. And and what I mean by that is I think that's one of the shining sort of things in American tennis because even if they wouldn't have beaten, you know, uh, a team like Walrinka and Federer consistently, if they played consistently, they still were stalwarts for Davis Cup, right. representing their country. They're great human beings as far as anybody, you know, as far as I know. I don't know them or anything. <laughs> but, you know, you never hear about scandals and this, right. that, and the other. Um, they've never murdered anybody as far as I know. When they're the only men to win a Grand Slam for America in how long? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and and I guess that falls under the category of uh, we'll take what we can get. Right. So, so I do think they're underrated, and I think part of that is because nobody gives a shit about doubles. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because, like we've talked about, the vast majority of league-type recreational players play doubles. And so it's like, why, why wouldn't doubles be more, more, more popular? <laughs> well, and this had to be one of the best tennis tickets of the year. So they had the men's singles semifinals, the women's doubles final, and the men's doubles final on the same day. It was one ticket. A friend of mine was there, and I mean, she got to see four matches in one day with all you know, top ranked players. Right. Yeah, because doubles. Ma- yeah, you're not stuck. Oh, we gotta watch doubles just to play this. Right. To watch the finals. Uh. So yeah. So uh. Yeah, I'd like to see. Uh, we gotta call somebody. If you're from Indian Wells, call in <laughs> uh, and tell us what the uh, what the secret is to getting all these these players playing doubles. Um. Yeah, because Miami's back to just yeah. normal the normal doubles teams. Yeah, back to normal, um, which is a little bit depressing. But uh, look, Kyrgios is playing doubles. I saw that. He must have gotten over his. He might have got <laughs> Pepto Bismol in there. <laughs> yes, feeling better. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at the draw, and it's not a who's who of doubles by any means. And what amazes me on the tour is how often these guys change partners, and I guess it's just availability and injuries. And I mean, you would think. Maybe I'm speaking more as an amateur, as a player, but maybe I would think the continuity of having the same partner would be beneficial, even on the tour level, but even more so on the tour level. But yeah, I mean, I I think I think that's one thing that translates to any level. You know, you you develop uh, chemistry and you kind of know what each other likes and what each other, um, you know, the calls you're going to make in terms of your serving plays and return plays, what each of you can do consistently and I mean, that's just going to make for better doubles. You know, for instance, if you know that, uh, you know, on a, on a certain return from a certain player, you know, type of serve that, that he, you know, your partner's very consistent right. at getting the ball, you know, cross court and low away from the net, net person, that's a second or right. a half second you can leave earlier. Yeah. That you can close and, and, you know, maybe attack the ball and, and, um, be a little more offensive and have a better chance to break. I mean, that's just a small example, but I mean, uh, and that comes with, you know, just playing over time with somebody and kind of seeing what they do, what you do and all that. So um, I guess if Federer calls you and says, Hey, I need a partner for Miami, then 
you drop your number 25 ranked I'm in. partner. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so I'm that's got to be part of it, I guess. It's yeah. the best partner you can get because it isn't making a living and money. And Yeah, I mean, a Federer called me and said, hey, drop your wife. We're getting married. I'm, I'm in. I'll, I'll change my, I'll learn I think, French. And I think she would be okay with that. You know, maybe, maybe. a year and then. Yeah, a year, yeah. A little. I get half. Alimony payment for. <laughs> I get half. Half of his yearly earnings. I think she would accept that. And then I'll coach him and I'll get 10% for, <laughs> I don't know, how long is he going to play? Well, I mean, this has been a flashback 2005. I don't know how he's doing it. I've been kind of joking with my lessons that it's HGH, and I don't want to say that it is, but I mean, how can you be better at 35 and 36 than you were at 30? I don't get it. Well, I, the one thing I'll always say, I think, about tennis is I think they do a pretty good job on the drug testing. Yeah, they do. I think, you know, it's an individual sport, um, and so you can really get to, you know, people, susp- you know, I don't know how... You know, in team sports like in NCAA, you know things are done at the national level. If you make it to a national tournament, you're subject right. to the to drug testing, and it's done randomly. They, yeah. You know, um, it's a whole process, and but uh, you know, but I think they do do a pretty good job because the integrity of every result in every tournament and every chance, you know, is at stake. Right. It's an individual sport, so one person does something wrong. And it taints everything. Whereas you know, a team event, and maybe a pitcher, I guess, in baseball, right. but even a batter, if you, you only come up once in any, yeah, or I mean, once every nine batters. What am I talking so about? So a batter can have an amazing day, and you still lose the game, right? I mean, you, the pitcher's still shutting everybody else down. So, and like I said, unless he's on the juice, that's all <laughs> even. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. He was off the tour for a while. I don't know if they still test you when they're off the tour. We can have to look that up. But it just seems like he had an injury, and then all of a sudden he comes back. He's older, and he's beating everybody. Right. It's just strange because he didn't make a Grand Slam final for multiple years, and now he's winning every tournament. Well, think of who he wasn't beating. Right. And they're all broke down, too. Like yeah. Something's going on. Like Djokovic said, nah, I've done enough. It's, I'm out. It's a strange you know, time in the tour right now. Nadal, Nadal's you know, falling to pieces. He's you know, right. bolting himself together because um, he works so damn hard, so everything's just so tough for him physically. Uh, you know, Murray, who knows what's going on with Murray. Um, he's up and down. Anytime so, he's number one seed, he's down. You know, so you take you take his result, Federer's results, and you know it. It's not against the same people that were you know starting right. to kind of move ahead of him before. And, so, and as we've been saying for five years, like when are these players that are in the top twenty going to make a move? Because I feel like this is the time. Yeah, you know, like the Rounditches and that kind of yeah. where they're just kind of creeping around, waiting. I mean, and, Curios uh, and team. This is like the time they could easily step in and make semifinals and finals because these guys can't even make it to the end of a tournament now if this actually gets out on time this tuesday <laughs> we are in the middle of uh miami right so it's a little bit cheating to yeah, start making got, picks we've got an edge and i was honest and i admitted that we were already in the middle of miami <laughs> so uh you know i kind of blew that i guess we could edit <laughs> and act like uh, it's a week ago no we would never never deceive our fans no um but uh, let's go ahead and take a little bit of a cheat sheet looking at the draw that's yeah. kind of already done and talk about what we think is going to happen in Miami. We'll, uh, we'll do that next. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. We'll be right back. 
All right, we're back. And uh, like I said, we're going to kind of cheat here, uh, jump ahead, uh, just because we're in the middle of Miami. So, um, but I mean, to be honest, who, were we, who who's out that we were going to pick right now anyway? Yeah, pretty much all the men have gone as expected. Yeah, almost uh, every seed is through. And uh, let's see. Actually, you know who we talked about a little bit? Uh, oh, I know who you're going to say. Yeah. It, I mean, say it. It's not a big secret. <laughs> Team. Yeah. So yeah, he had a uh, bad loss. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, not a terrible loss. I mean, everybody's a professional tennis player here, for God's sakes. Right. Um, and it is a master's tournament. Yeah. So uh, he, he, he was some, somebody that possibly we could have looked at, um, but uh, he's out. So I was not going to pick him anyway, apparently. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> um, so what do you, what were your thoughts? We didn't really talk, but what were your thoughts prior to uh, Miami? Well, I did make a prediction that Federer would not win Miami, um, which is obviously looking worse now that he's doing still doing well. But I just thought for him to win every major tournament this year Back after to- playing so many matches last week, you know, I thought he wouldn't be able to do it again. So I guess I'll try to stick with that prediction, but... Um, He's just looking unbeatable right now, so it's hard. Well, we talked about the fact that he had a lot of time off, which is what gave him the jump start at Australia. And then he took more time off, and that gave him a jump start, you know, in California. And so, when what's nat- interesting? Will he get? Will this be a trend in tennis now, where he's only playing the major tournaments and right. coming in fresh to every tournament and winning? Are the other players going to look at that and say, "Hey, maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to play twenty tournaments a year instead of." 35 not the young ones right and they they need the points is the problem so they have to and they need the experience right i mean you know going out and getting your ass kicked actually is it can be a good thing yeah and if you lose uh, first round then you've prepared and wasted all the time and played one match yeah so but uh so yeah so if, if our theory about all the time he had off and that's sort of why he's been able to get fast starts here this year then miami would be naturally his kind of roadblock because right. he's back to back and uh well, that was my thought he's just he didn't have the option to take off you know leading into this tournament so right but i mean i think he he didn't lose a set in Indian wells so he still has to be relatively fresh right i don't know what the what was the weather out there did you it was pretty hot you know they had some days in the mid 90s and how are they in miami i would imagine it's going to be humid cooler anyway. but more humid yeah because humidity that works on you yeah and, but the problem is he's his whole game now is short points, aggressive tennis. He's not playing, you know, long matches. Even right. if he loses, he's playing a short match. Right. And and Djokovic and Murray aren't playing, for those that don't know. Yeah, they so pulled out, right. His top two, two of Serena, his top competitors, right. right? Serena again, who we picked. Not out of the men. Wells. She pulled out of the women's. <laughs> not out of <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go somewhere else they were pulling out in Serena. <laughs> um, but, yes, she's not playing, which has made me have no interest in the women's draw whatsoever. I'm ashamed to say, but well, I mean, American and dominant, right? And, and so it's kind of that uh, Tiger Woods syndrome, you know. If you, yeah. if you don't have Tiger in the draw or in the in the field uh, in a golf tournament, I would be cares? curious to see the uh, the ratings of the women's tennis in this turn these last two tournaments here, spe- yeah, here especially. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine they'd be any good. Venus is is playing, but um, she didn't make it that deep in any wells, and yeah. I like to watch Serena lose, actually, is why I like watching her. There's the but spirit. winning or losing, so, at least I like to watch her. And yeah, I mean, she's just so dominant, man. And, and the players in this, I'm kind of like, uh, like Kuznetsova and Vesnina were in the finals of Indian Wells, and I'm thinking right. nobody's setting their DVR or, no. or, or 
or their alarm for that. Nobody who knows who that is. <laughs> so who do you have then? Who are you going to pick? Who's left? So, I mean, we got well, the top three seeds are still in. Um, you know, Walrinka's one and uh, Nisha Corey and then uh, Roundage is still in. Roundage is three. You know, Roundage is coming off an four. injury too. So that's tough. I mean, um, Nadal's still in, I think, but he was having a tough match today. But it's uh, it's hard to pick any of those guys. I'm thinking in my mind, who of those guys can beat Federer? And the problem is none of them <laughs> are really inspiring confidence to beat Federer. Yeah. So I need someone to beat Federer and then him to advance, that person to advance. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, he played, he played TFO or TFO. Right. Which one is it? I think it's TFO. Okay. I'm going with that. You're the expert. Um, Although now that you mention it, who knows? <laughs> Francis. Why do we have a podcast? <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're doing. Until you get top 100, we don't pronounce your name correctly. So, uh, and he's got Del Potro next. Which, but, that but, is a potential. Yeah, uh, potentially. Obstacle. I mean, but who knows? I mean, you know, he's had such an up and down right. career with injuries. And, you know, it's hard to, to play your best if you're on and off, on and off, on and off. Um. I'm going to just go crazy and say Walrinka's going to go ahead and avenge, you know, and exercise the demons right. and uh, and get through, whether whether he meets Federer or not. Right. Um, he, not, and he's won, so it's not like yeah. he's just some schmo that always is hanging around and, and whatever. I mean... I don't know that he's ever been the one seed in a Masters tournament, so it's kind of interesting. That's always kind of a different psychology, don't you think? Well, you, if you take a look at his hair... I just don't think he gives a shit. So I think <laughs> that's his, what lends itself to his plaid shorts. His confidence is that, uh, hey, this is my hair. Right. I don't shave. <laughs> and uh, I look like a bum right. every day. So uh, I think he's got I think he's got enough uh, mentally uh, to make it through. So it's, it's the Federer barrier for right. him, for sure. I mean, a countryman, and you, know, you grew up getting beat up by him your whole career probably. So that's my pick. Wawrinka, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good pick. Um, I do think he has the potential to beat Federer, even though he hasn't, you know, that often. Right. Um, I guess I'll have to go with Nadal and, you know, hope he can also overcome the latest dominance from Federer. They were saying that he's beaten, uh, this is the first time ever in their careers that Federer's beaten Nadal three times in a row. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. Don't uh, say that when Savannah's here. Remember, she was <laughs> right, trying to call advocate. us both out on uh, why we <laughs> left him out of the conversation. Yeah. Um, well, uh, oh, yeah, we didn't mention really where she <laughs> We just said Savannah's not <laughs> right. here. So, um, But hopefully she'll be back for the next show. And uh, I think she's all on board for going weekly. Yes. Like, well, shit, she's never here. So, of course, it's pretty easy to go <laughs> weekly. And she can call us out on all our failed predictions and yeah. everything. Um. Yeah, I just don't have faith in Dull anymore. Yeah, he just seems like he gets up to a certain point, and he just can't go anymore. Yeah, and that's what's got to—it's got to be frustrating more for him than us, obviously watching. But, <laughs> no, no, it's me. It's all about me. It's like he can't sustain, you know, a long tournament. Something happens, and it just—he sort of fades as the tournament goes along, which is so different than what he used to do. Well, it'll be interesting to see as we go into the clay season if that helps him. Right. You know, it's easier on your body, kind of running around on the dirt, softer surface. You're not pounding knees and and hips and joints and stuff, and so who knows? I mean, longer points, more grueling points, longer matches, but it's not, you know, but he does that anyway. You right. know, it's not like he's just hitting lasers um, unless you come in on him. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and this is, will be a future show, obviously, but to me, the French 
is just totally unpredictable now because I really don't know who to predict to win that because so many players are in weird form. Right. Nadal is the Serena of the French. Right. I mean, you know, just purely dominant. It's like no reason to watch. It's, you know, yeah. Nadal or the field, you know, are kind of the bets. And But he hasn't won it in two years. And Federer's looking so good. Djokovic, you won his one and doesn't seem to care about winning it again. That's weird. Warinka has been amazing at the French the last couple of years. Right. So it's really, uh, I was looking at the betting lines for the French and it was kind of strange. I think Murray, who's number one in the world, was like fifth. Uh, and Federer was uh, fourth, which I thought was odd. Well, which is exactly why we go back to they should have a French Open series and the right. seeding should be based on that. Right. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Murray will be the one seed at the French. and um, Right. And he'll lose in the first round. Right. Like Roddick used to do and Sampras. And Speaking of Roddick, I saw Roddick in person. Did he ask for your autograph? No. I walked right by. I didn't want to bother him. He, he, was, <laughs> he, he just finished... Uh, hitting i guess uh practicing for the old man tour or whatever right. and uh and we were i was there with my team we were at a, an academy in central texas and um in in austin basically his and, hometown yeah and so uh adopted hometown and uh <laughs> and he was out there hitting so i just kind of i didn't really i kind of told my team that he was there but i didn't want them harassing him and right. and all that but i was going to try to get him on the podcast but by the time I got down to the, our warm-up courts for my team, got them down, got all our stuff and everything, turned back around, he gone. <laughs> so you like, were going to say, on. hey, team, uh, don't bother Roddick. And then, okay, you guys go warm up. I got to run up here and talk to Andy. No, what I was going to do, I was going <laughs> to walk up to him. And uh, he was hitting with a guy that looked so familiar. And, I mean, hmm. you would have known who he was in a minute, I'm sure. Oh, you I, think it was like a pro? I, a former something. I don't know. The hmm. guy just looked familiar. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, but I was going to walk up to him, hey, do you know where the bathroom is? <laughs> and then just totally act like I had no right. idea who he was. <laughs> and uh, and say, hey, are you one of the teaching pros here? I've Which is a- probably sad how many people there didn't know who he was. You know what's funny? I, I, I was thinking about that. I was down there on the courts, and all my guys knew. You know, my right. you know, college tennis players, they're all, yeah. you know, 18 to 21 or 2 at the most. So they grew up watching him. So maybe. I mean, because he, I mean, you know, you're talking about, they were born in the late 90s. True. So by the time 05 rolls around, they're not even 10 years old yet. Right. So, you know, it's hard to say. The best American yeah. for most of their lives, I'm sure that adds to it. But they may not, and their formative years of tennis are right. Federer, Nadal, yeah. later Murray, and then a little bit Djokovic. So that's a good question. They all knew, They all knew him. It wasn't. You know, they didn't have any, you know, it wasn't yeah. like they were totally, who? Andy, who? What? <laughs> Who's that? Uh, they do they do remember his missed backhand volley to go up two sets to love <laughs> in the Wimbledon finals right. against Federer. I'm sure Andy might remember that one, too. Yeah. Um, I called him Andy. I, I don't know what to call a guy. <laughs> I've never met him. He's never introduced himself to me, so I feel like an asshole saying, I'm Andy. Yeah, when you get over 30, can you still go by Andy? Yeah, I mean, especially if you have a brand. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And so that's okay. Yeah. There's no cutoff on Andy? I don't think so. All right. No. I mean, didn't didn't like they do flash forwards or whatever or something in the Toy Story and they were still calling him Andy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I don't remember. But with the yeah, so I was gonna just say, are you a teaching pro here? Can you uh you know, and then and then say, by the way, right. you heard about my podcast. And he's would have said, Of course, it's my favorite podcast. Yeah, well, I'm sure it is. We have <laughs> one thousand and four <laughs> listeners. Right. So uh he might he might be that fourth 
1004th <laughs> one. I think he just signed on. But yeah, so that was interesting. So uh, what would I ask him? What would you ask him? What would you want to know? What's wrong with American tennis? He's probably heard that question five million times. Maybe. I don't know if he has or not. Well, they definitely would ask it the French every year when he would lose because he'd be the last one in. And right. they would say, what's wrong with American tennis? And he would sort of say, it's clay. Like, doesn't it's Roger <laughs> Federer's fault. Right, it doesn't matter that much. Um, the thing that I think is funny is so Roddick is on the senior tour and he's younger than Federer. Right. <laughs> so that's what right. I, to put Federer's you know, dominance in perspective, the guys that he used to play are on the senior tour. Right, struggling. Yeah. No, not struggling. <laughs> listen, that, that whole thing's a sham. Um, it, it's sad, actually. Well, here's what I would ask him. I would ask him about his rise from, you know, uh, a top 12s and 14s and whatever when he started to really sort of dominate, because I don't really know the history of that. And then ask him what role, <laughs> here it goes, what role the USTA played, if any. Right. Now, he's a public figure. He's an American tennis you know, I don't know if icon's the right word. Whatever's just below icon. Right. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if he'd speak freely or not. Yeah. I mean, he could be, he could just, you know, feel pretty good about nobody listens to this podcast <laughs> and say whatever right. he wants. You give me a secret map to a treasure and nobody'd ever <laughs> find it. Um, but I, I don't know if he can speak freely or not. I don't know if he's involved with the USTA at all at any level. Um, I mean, certainly he probably would be if they asked in terms of helping out American tennis, this, that, and the other, but only because he probably doesn't realize how awful they are. Well, and he did follow the path that the USTA would probably like all their players to follow. And cause I know he played USTA as a junior. He won the little Mo, which is not a USTA, but right. that was the big Texas, you know, matter of fact, uh, the little Mo is, uh, antithetical to the USTA. They're yeah. not, they're not big friends. Okay. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I believe the USTA uh, would like to crush the little Mo, just because of the, well, number one, because they're not making any money off of it. It's a competitor, right? And it shows everybody that hey, we don't have to have the USTA, right? We can have a a, a proper situation and good tennis and so on and so forth without that. But anyway, back to so back to Rodica. Those are some of the things I would. And if you're <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> uh, if you're Mister Rodic, if you're listening, and I haven't met you, so I. I only say your name so my 1,004 fans can hear <laughs> right. our Savannah's 1,004 <laughs> friends that put up with us so they can just hear that I'm I'm talking about you. But yeah, call in if you're if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, but no, I think that'd be an interesting uh, our last best hope in America. Um, and you know what did he do and and what part did the USCA play in it? Right. So I'll be uh, in a bush or a tree in Austin, <laughs> stalking, waiting for him to come back. And I'll ambush him with a microphone. That's the plan. Yeah, now that would be interesting. I mean, it's got a, It had to have had some impact, but whether he would credit them for his success or he thought they should have done more, or, or that, that they were nothing. Right. I don't know if he. Yeah, I don't know. He, he might be too PC to say that. He might, and rightfully so. I don't know. You yeah. know. I mean, he's he's still still in the tennis industry. He's still in the business. You know. Um, so who knows. But that uh, that will be a podcast unto itself at some time in the future. Yes. And uh, it will be a podcast that is weekly. There you go. Now in the future. So, All right. Well, I think we did okay without Savannah. Not bad. The fans might not have, but uh, we enjoyed it. <laughs> we can't wait to have her back. No, I, desperately. Desperately. She, the voice of an angel. 
the heart of a demon. <laughs> no, she does not. I can't talk bad about her when she's not here. Um, all right. So, Corey, anything else? I think that's it. I think we covered everything we need to cover? That's it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm all ready right. for Miami to end. All right. Well, you know what are, where to find us, um, but don't just find us yourself. Make sure you share with your friends, if you have any, uh, your teammates, people you hit with, your coaches. Uh, spread the word. Spread the word. We want to we wanna do as much as we can from, from these microphones to help the game of tennis in our country uh, because I think it desperately needs it. And uh, y- y'all are a big part of that. So we appreciate you uh, listening. Appreciate you joining the revolution. And we'll see you hey, next week. Bye, guys. Bye.